0: The SportsX is live from Cobb County on WFOM and W292 EV Marietta a Dickey broadcasting station. This is Atlantis SportsX live from Cobb County. They're coming off the top rope if they can actually climb up there. You to me. No, don't do that. It's time for The Finishing Move, our chance to talk all things wrestling with the road dog Adam Gillespie, Brandon Joseph, and Big John Radcliffe. The Finishing Move on Atlanta's SportsX.
1: Good evening and welcome to another edition of The Finishing Move. And Happy New Year. It is a beautiful 2020. The Finishing Move is back. But we're still not a complete team yet. And I promise you... Next year, next week, we will have a full team for you. It'll be myself, Adam the Road Dog Gillespie, but also with me tonight, my tag team partner for the evening, Chris Colwell, the bearded wrestling fan. Christopher, happy new year. Happy holidays. How are you?
2: I'm, I'm well, John, but how do you know we're going to have a full team? Perhaps maybe I'm just going to come up missing next week and not be here.
1: No, you won't. Your wife won't let you.
2: That's very true. I'll be here because, well, they pay me to be here.
1: Do you? Wait, they pay you? Oh,
2: I wasn't supposed to say that. Oops. Dump that, dump that. No,
1: we're going to discuss that later, obviously, as well. (laughs) But as we start the first (laughs) episode of 2020 of the finishing move, you know, as I was prepping for the show and thinking about it and thinking about it and thinking about it, and now I just want to get this out of the way because really I want to know what is going on and what is this. And it is the dumbest wedding. No, and I am not talking about Chris Caldwell's wedding, so if you're listening and insinuating that, you're just mean. Hey, I hear his My wedding. wedding
2: was quite beautiful and wonderful.
1: I wouldn't know I wasn't invited. Well, would you have made that drive though? That was a long drive. Where was it? I don't know. I wasn't invited. You Pretty, told, You I,
2: removed the option from me. That's very true. You know what, fans, I have to apologize. I did my teammate wrong. And in honor of that, we're going to have another wedding just so that
1: we can invite John to the wedding. Fan, you're under the impression that there's more than one person listening besides our spouses. (laughs) I'm sorry. Fan. (laughs) And and Adam Gillespie is probably listening right now. And that doesn't count as a fan because he's a part of this team.
2: Yeah, no, he's just on the, was he
1: on the sidelines, injured? Is he on assignment? What is it this week? He's on assignment. Look, let's be honest. If Gillespie's doing work, let's be happy he's doing work. So let's just go ahead and get that out the way. But while we're here, let's go ahead and address what is quite possibly the dumbest wedding in WWE history, the ultimate in wedding swerves, as Lana and Bobby Lashley were on Monday Night Raw, and they were all set to get married, and it was interrupted by Liv Morgan. Who? Was it Liv? No. Who am I thinking of? I'm no, no, no. no you, you had the name right, but I'm, I'm just saying who. Liv Morgan. Who? Who? What are you, an owl now? This isn't a Kennesaw State game, brother. (laughs) You can hear the owls play here every week. Yeah, Liv Morgan came out. score. And Liv Morgan came out, and she said that the marriage and this whole wedding was a sham and that the person in the ring really loved her. Well, Bobby Lashley said, it wasn't me. She said, no, I ain't talking about you. I'm talking about Lana. Oh, boy. This has been the dumbest. Most drawn-out, convoluted angle that they've gone with in a long time. And you tweeted it out. And what's your Twitter handle so everybody can go back and see it? At Bearded Colwell.
2: It is not changing anytime soon, so you can stick with that. That's what it'll be. Yeah, that's what he says now.
1: I know you don't believe me, John, but I I'm telling you, it's it not changing. Give it time. And you can catch me at John Rad 450 And you tweeted out how you felt about watching the entire wedding take place. What was your thoughts on this entire debacle?
2: Here's what I'm going to tell you right off the bat. You know, I've been married for a little, about a month and a half now. Okay. I've already made the biggest mistake of my married life. Oh, boy. By forcing my poor wife to sit through this hot garbage. Because, of course, you know, we both agree this angle has been dumb from the beginning, and nobody believes it. It's 2019 up until now, 2020, where this angle has taken place. We're in an era where we know real life now with these guys. Nobody's believing that Rusev and Lana are no longer together when we know in real life they are together. So on the basis of that, it was dumb anyway. But they kept going with it. And the only thing I said about it is as dumb as it was, somehow through all this, Rusev seems to be getting more and more over out of it. I don't know how. It blows my mind. But the actual wedding itself, I watch it because we all know what happens when WWE does weddings. They're train wrecks, but typically they're good train
1: wrecks. They're entertainable. They they're entertaining. They move the story along. This did not first of all, this Lana Rusev, Bobby Lashley story has not moved along no. in quite some time. It's been the same repetitive thing weekend and week out. Uh they have done it on Moments of Bliss. They I mean, if RIP, if he were still around, they'd do it on Piper's Pit. If he were still with the WWE, they would do it on uh, Jericho TV. I think they need to do it on Miz TV. They've done it on everything, and this story's not going anywhere. It is hot garbage. It's a waste of time and energy, and the only thing that I got out of this was that someone, I don't want to say who, and I won't say who because I don't know that I'm 100% accurate, but if you listen to the finishing move for what's going on three years now, we've been around three years. <laughs> if, you, <laughs> if you listen to the finishing movie that's been going on three years, we are wrestling historians. We love the history of wrestling. We love the things that go with it. If you remember Sable, Renee Marrow, now she is Brock Lesnar's wife. Mm-hmm. She originally left the WWE because she was asked and told that she would be in an angle where she would be put into. I want to be politi- politically correct with this, so I'm going to go. Uh, LGBTQ, lesbian, gay, transgender type relationship. She said no. Ultimately, she th- she was basically putting awkward predicaments, and she ultimately left the WWE. It looks like that's what they're trying to act out now. Does that mean Vince Russo is now back a part of the creative team? Because
2: we all know that that's who had the book back then when they were trying to do that. I don't know. This is, you know, there's a difference between... <laughs> Trying to do something crazy and controversial with Sable, who was, I mean, by far the most recognizable female superstar at the time in in the Attitude Era without any question. Versus Lana, who most people don't want to see on their TV screens at all anymore. Just throw out the side that she's a very beautiful woman as a a male fan. Most times you're going to watch because of that, right? But when you really look at it, she's more annoying than she is beautiful. And she's not even that... She's supposed to be the actress out of all of them and her acting has been awful in this storyline over the top I mean my goodness if I had to hear her like react to the fans one more time during that wedding on Monday I was going to pull my hair out it was getting insane but I, I don't know what they're trying to accomplish with the storyline but I just thought top to bottom the wedding itself the booking the oh well here comes uh, Lana's first husband here comes Lashley's first wife, oh blah blah blah. And then the whole time, who's supposed to be the star out of kind of all of this, right? It's meant to kind of get Rusev over as the baby face, yet that's the most anticlimactic way that he could have made his entrance into the ring in a in a cake. In a cake. In a
1: cake. And then what did he really do once he came out? The the show basically ended after he got out of it. Well let's backtrack one thing here. And I'm I'm gonna uh take a page out of a. Uh... Triple H's book, as he was once talking to Kofi Kingston about it, I got one question. I thought she was supposed to be the ravishing Russian. Yeah, she, she sp- has no accent. <laughs> she Remember that- when she had that part time where she kept going
2: back and forth exactly. between it?
1: Now she just completely abandoned it altogether. So now she's the beauty from Burbank. I get. I <laughs> don't know. Beauty from Buckhead. I don't know. It was. I, I just wanted to address this because it was. It's literally one of those things of okay. And I think even once upon a time, it was supposed to happen with her, or I can't rem- I'm pretty sure it was her or whoever had the angle, where they were supposed to reinvent themselves and come out as this new model type, was it? That, that was Emma. She was supposed Emma. to be Emma. That's Emalina. exactly who it was, Emma. And it looks like they gave it to Liv. Because that's Liv's whole thing. Remember, she was in jeans and her Nikes, and she ate the blue candy, so her tongue would turn blue. Now she's reinventing herself. Because if you look at the promos, if you look at the, the vignettes, they're literally done almost exactly the same, where it's this metamorphosis that she's going through. Now she's come out dressed up in a business suit and things of that nature, and it was just the most mind-boggling. Oh, why, by the way, why didn't no one super kick the official? Or whoever the... the, the, the preacher or the pastor or the rabbi or whoever the guy was in the ring officiating this thing. The, the actor that was playing the officiant. I never wanted someone, I never ever wanted Randy Orton to come out and RKO someone as much as I did right there. Yeah, he was very very annoying. Why, why couldn't Eric Bischoff
2: have put on face paint again, or uh, the face makeup again and, and been the... Could Kane have a not jack? come
1: from, but from under the ring? And, and slam the official?
2: Why didn't why didn't we get a uh, Matchka kick to to the, the efficient? I mean
1: that's been the best thing that Rusev could have done all night, brother. I would have taken sting coming from the rafters and black face Play, paint baseball paint bat. Or the baseball <laughs> bat. I would have <laughs> taken anything. This is just. It is, and honestly, just as I wanted to give WWE uncreative and take away the uncreative in 2020, they put it right back on there. In 2019, they get the WWE uncreative back on there. This is the most dumb, boring angle that I've seen, yeah. and the only thing I can come up with, e- even when you know you read sites and people send people tweet to me and ask, you know, what's my thoughts on it. I still think Lana and Rusev are being punished for something. I think Bobby Lashley is oh, yeah. being punished for something. Why cuz Lashley left, he went everywhere else. They this is something that Vince McMahon likes to do. When you leave, I want you to I want you to kind of humble yourself. You can't do it to someone to the likes of AJ Styles. Why? Cuz AJ Styles will go right over to AEW. He also never left in the first place. But he came You're right. He came from someplace else. But that's one of the things he likes to do. When you leave and come back, he wants you to humble yourself. He wants mm-hmm. you to kind of grovel a little bit. You have to pay to get back into his good graces. Now, some people might say, well, Lana and Rusev never went anywhere. No, but they ruined an angle many years ago, and I think they're still paying for that of we don't trust you and we're going to make you pay for it. And then I don't know. And honestly, you're right. It seems like they, the window is starting to close for where Rusev, it was – he was so over, and it was so much excitement for him, and Rusev Day was returning, that window was slowly starting to close again. Well, yeah, I mean,
2: the way that they, that, that, that that wedding comes off does him no favors. I think over the course of the storyline, I mean, the fans have been pretty rallying behind him pretty good throughout this. It would blows my mind how it, it, that's happened because it hasn't been very good, but I don't think that Monday does him any good whatsoever and I, I will say this about the uh about this then putting that on last in the night honestly i was scared going into monday i had the conversation at work with friend of the show brandon bennefield from the mean street podcast happy new year b-dub happy new year sir and we mentioned look what's the worst thing that could have happened coming out of this wedding as bad as it was if the rating was great for some reason because look you you Book something like this. Sometimes it piques people's interest. Had the third hour of Raw been the highest rated hour of the show and been up compared to other numbers recently, what's the thing that Vincent McMahon or whoever's in creative is going to say, hey, this worked. We need to do more of this. As dumb as it was, oh, this must have worked. Thank goodness. <laughs> it was typical Raw. First hour was the highest, and then it trended downward. It looked like normal numbers, but my goodness. That could have been really
1: bad, had that actually got a good number. And also, what this tells me, and I hope Vince McMahon sees it, it's time to take Raw back to two hours. This third hour is just not working. You're doing, you're claw, scratching and clawing. It looks like to fill three hours worth of content, and it's it's. And the reason I could say that, and, and we'll delve into a few other things here, but I'm just going to run down real quick. When you got things like Aaron, Eric Rowan who keeps taking on these jobbers. I get it. You want to make them look strong? Knock yourself out? Good it's for a you. short segment. That doesn't really bother me as much. Okay, I'll throw in there. I have no clue what in the world they're doing with Charlotte Flair anymore. Charlotte Flair has <laughs> participated in match after match after match, and, and it seems like there's not a lot of direction that's going on there. You're going to take Drew McIntyre, who defeated Zack Ryder and Kurt Hawkins in a handicap match? The former Raw tag team champions, by the way. Thank you. So it just looks like they're fi- they're struggling to fill these three hours. If you yank that hour away, and maybe you know, let- let's pull the curtain back. We we will do a little radio talk here, and I know no one will want to hear it. Let's shorten the commercial break a little bit. Maybe even you know, hey, we shorten somebody's promo. Becky Lynch, she doesn't need to cut as long of a promo. And that's no disrespect to Becky Lynch. I think you can get a better product, and not excuse me, not in 2019 with the garbage that we saw. Because you could have done better. Where you had the swerve from Randy Orton, who at a at a house show, Randy Orton. It looked like he had had an injury. He was being helped out. It looked like he had a knee injury. He called out uh, AJ Styles. Well, Randy Orton, being the the ultimate competitor, being the, the Apex Viper, Viper he, he just said. You know the difference between you and I, AJ? You're patient. With an RKO out of nowhere, and Randy Orton just shows, he he keeps getting better year after year. I
2: have to, I I said this to Brandon, too, when we had that conversation, look, that might be the best acting job Randy Orton has ever done in his entire career, because you didn't like the Marine? We're going to move on from that comment now. (laughs) Look. I sat there during that segment in the back of my mind, and I think we all thought this, look, he's, it's probably an angle. It's probably an angle. He's going to be setting up AJ, but the more AJ messed with him, the more Randy just stared at him. Like, I hate that. I can't do anything to him. You could see it in his eyes. He's never, I've never seen Randy act to this level before. I was very impressed. I mean, he had me questioning what I thought was going to happen all along As we went through that segment, very well booked, very well done by both guys. But Randy Orton, really, not the guy I typically think of as the best promo guy or the best guy that's from an acting standpoint, but my goodness, that was a tremendous angle and really, you know, I've I've enjoyed the feud. I just hope that, you know, they teased the idea that that was going to be a WrestleMania match. Yeah. We just saw that at WrestleMania this last year. I don't really want to see it again. I like it for a Rumble match or just an angle that builds to them facing off in the Rumble match
1: itself whatever let's not go to Wrestlemania with it but am I wrong and go with me on this one I like this angle I like this entire story I'd like this story a little bit more if the world championship belt was on the line if the universal title was on one of these guys and and that's not it, yes I am taking away from the fact that we haven't seen the universal title this just shows and and I feel like at this point you're wasting a title where you could have put it on one of these guys and let them carry it, and that adds a little bit more fuel to it, and that adds a little bit more oomph to it, knowing whether people are tired of seeing Randy Orton as a champion or not, I'm not. He just showed that right there. I'm not tired of seeing AJ Styles as a champion right now because he's still getting better and better and better, and I'm still just as much of a fan as him, him now as he was when he was in Impact or TNA or whatever we want to call that company that should be out of business in 2020. But they're not. They're not. They'll still be around. I would like this angle a little bit more. I'd like this story a little bit more if they had a belt on them. And I don't mean the IC... I don't mean the United States. I'm talking about one of the big belts. I
2: would be—honestly, I would have been fine if the U.S. belt would have been on the line here. But I'm with you. The world title would be good. I've always liked AJ in WWE as a world champion. Either side of the fence that he's on, either babyface heel. He plays the role well as a heel. I mean, you know he puts on—he delivers. You know night out, night in, you're going to get a great world title match if AJ Styles is your world champion. I don't necessarily need to see Randy Orton win the title anymore, but I've got no problem with him being a challenger. I had no problem with him against Kofi Kingston. I had no problem with the feud he had with Seth Rollins years ago when Seth had first won the belt. I don't want to see Randy Orton win the belt anymore, but I
1: got no problem with him being a challenger for a guy like AJ Styles. And these two, even if they'll be there, you know, you guys can at me on this one, John Rad 450. They can main event, whether it, It'd be WrestleMania. I know we've seen it, whether it be the Rumble, whether it be whatever pay-per-view that's coming up, you can main event that. And on top of all of that, you can still have things and you can still have have superstars that can still hold their uniqueness and they can still hold that special moment because I think these two could deliver on a special match the same way that we saw with Seth Rollins and Randy Orton with the uh at was that the at WrestleMania with the uh, curb start to R- RKO in midair. Yep, yep, I think we could see something like that just as special, and it makes it just a little bit more special. It almost looks like WWE uncreative. They're booking the right stories in some places, but they're missing the mark on other little nuances that they could put in there to make things things just a little bit more special. Like a prime example of that, that I'll throw out there. Charlotte Flair defeated Natalya in a submission match. I don't know what they're doing with Charlotte Flair. I don't know where you're going with Charlotte Flair. I don't know what you have. The thing I will say about this, and I think I've said this before. I can't recall if it was with you or Adam. You could put Charlotte and Natalya together and make a tag team. You uh, and I talked about this a few weeks ago. Maybe a female legacy. Yeah. Females. I'm
2: not against that at all. Asuka and Carrie Sane need challengers. I think – and I'm – What they're struggling with, if you look at it, you look at the history of the women's evolution and what they've done with both women's divisions on each show, what's the one thing they've struggled to do Mm -hmm. outside of the two world title or the two titles? What feuds have they been able to build on the undercard of the women's division? They haven't really done that. They recognize that fans are tired of Charlotte always challenging or being the champion. Correct. So you can't have her. You've got to take her out of that picture for a while. Well, the problem is now that puts her in that area where they just don't know what to do with anybody that's not challenging for a title.
1: Because there's nothing to do with her because there's no undercard belt, women's belt. But at this point in time, you, you propelled her a little too fast. And I think where I keep reading articles and I keep seeing stories, well, look what her dad did. Ladies and gentlemen, Ric Flair's career spanned like four decades. Charlotte Flair is catching up to her dad in like
2: one. Yeah, which doesn't really look that good when you no. look at... Ric Flair had title reigns that were year a year long, year and a half. Charlotte's had reigns that have been...
1: Two days, yes. a week. Yes. Her and Sasha Banks went back and forth with the belt. But I think if you want to give her something to do and still keep her as... One of the dominant females there. You can take these two, put together, and make a female submission team, where that's that's their specialty. We saw it with Beth Phoenix, and I know everyone will say, "Well, it's a duplicate." Not really, because now you got two ladies that you can do something completely different. And one of the strengths that Charlotte has that Natalia kind of lacks a little bit. Charlotte's better on the mic.
2: Yeah,
0: Charlotte to me, I would agree with that. Yeah, is
1: better on the mic than Natalia. And now you can get Natalia, whether I don't know if she's looking at the back end of her career or whatever's getting ready to happen with her, if she's going to become a coach or whatever. But now you if you want to send her out kind of, you know, with a banner, you put those tag, the women's tag team belts on her. You put them on her and Charlotte, you let them carry it, and you let them build it up a little bit more until you're ready to go pull up whoever you are, if you're bringing anyone from NXT or you can form another team or if someone else is coming in until you get that time. But I think what they're doing right now, I don't want to say they're burying Charlotte. It's just kind of we got to find something to do with her and let's keep her in the forefront. And I think it kind of stinks because she's a much better talent than what she is. I just think she was poorly booked for so long.
2: Honestly, they, the better move with her might have been to send her home for a little while. Let her get, rest up her body a little bit. Take her off TV for a while, you know. As as, as JR would say, go, go off, learn a new hold, come back, right? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> give her a break. Give the fans a break of Charlotte. And then when you bring her back, you could have gave her time off from like October on. She could have been a surprise entrant in the royal, the women's Royal Rumble, and then you go from there, build towards something with her at WrestleMania. Hopefully, not necessarily for a title, but I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised if you know they they introduced. Obviously, they made a big deal making her the first entrant this year into the women's Royal Rumble match. Honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if she won it. I wouldn't be surprised if the build here is to send her, have her picked to go back to SmackDown. They just put on Raw temporarily for the draft only to send her back to SmackDown because who else is going to challenge Bailey?
1: Ooh. At some point in time, the only thing I've come up with, Sasha and Bailey are going to have to split. And then
2: what? Who's going to? I mean, you've just turned Bailey Hill. You've just turned Sasha Hill. Somebody's got to be a
1: babyface. Well, someone has to be punished too because keep in mind. Do you not? You think Sasha Banks is still going to get walk away scot free from basically throwing her temper tantrum and threatening to quit the WWE? And it's she's just, being
2: punished right now. And I will tell you how. The fact is, look at who's the champion and who's not. The, who's playing second fiddle? Right I think now. a
1: portion of this, though, right now, I think it's partially her choice. Part of it is Sasha Banks. One of the things that Sasha Banks was known for, she was injury prone. Yeah, sure. Let's face facts on that. And I think that was the portion of it. Of you know what. Let me slow this down because at the rate she was going, Sasha Banks wouldn't have had a long career.
2: Probably not. They've done the same thing with Sami Zayn. So I guess it's kind of the same. You know, he wrestled his first match the other day exactly. in months, which blew my mind. I thought
1: he'd basically, based, you know, kind of semi retired at that point, which. And I think that's what's going on with Sasha Banks. Is it, could be it's, the same thing. They're slowing her down just a little bit more. Just, And I think some of it is her choice to slow down to save herself because if not. Paige isn't off the roster. Paige is just injured to a point that she can no longer wrestle. We hear rumors that are out there of guys like Edge coming back and things of that nature, and I think Sasha looks around. She doesn't want to be that, and that's not a knock on Edge. That's not a disrespect on Edge. When she's ready to hang it up, she's going to hang it up for good. I think she's wanting to take that break, and I think she intentionally took that break. But coming up, we're going to go through the ropes. We're going to talk about a wedding that could be coming up that we could be a little bit more intrigued in as well as AEW. Look, I'm going to face it. Let's face it. We've talked about this before. I'll go ahead and say it right now, and maybe I'll, and maybe my tag team partner will join me. AEW probably has the best heel in all of pro wrestling. No doubt. And he's proven it time and time again. That's coming up on The Finishing Move on 1230 AM, 1063 FM. You're listening to The Finishing Move live from Cobb County on the Atlanta Sports X. <laughs> This is Atlanta Sports
0: X, live from Cobb County, and covering everything that you love about Atlanta. We start the day with home team in Hamilton at 9 a.m. as they bounce around the ATL with all the big local stories. Then at noon, it's the cheap seats with Tug Cowart and Hudson Mason. And trust us, it takes an Atlanta radio veteran like Tug to keep that bulldog on the rails. And then at three, it's the man, Mark Zeno on A to Z. Zeno is closing out the afternoon with his take on the day's stories and opinions about Sports that you probably won't agree with. Add in Chuck and Chernoff on hour from 6 to 7 p.m. The Mounds of the South and the Finishing Move on Thursdays. And you've got a lineup unlike any other. This is Atlanta's Sports X. It's a new year, so get ready Atlanta, it's time for rugby. Time to get behind Atlanta's newest team,
1: Rugby ATL. It's time to see the fastest-paced, hardest-hitting game in town, with league play kicking off February 9th at Lupo Family Field in Marietta, right down the street from the Battery. Get your exclusive merch and season tickets now for nine action-packed games with 80 minutes of intense action. Head to
0: RugbyATL.Rugby today. That's Rugby Live from Cobb County, this is The Finishing Move. Talking all things wrestling on the X.
1: Welcome back to The Finishing Move. Live from Cobb County. Big John Radcliffe, along with my tag team partner, Chris Colwell. We What's are talking up? all things wrestling today. We're getting you caught up as we took a little bit of break for the holidays. Chris, how was your Christmas? My Christmas was
2: fantastic, although... I had to go back to work to get a break because Whoa, wait, with, what? between all the family stuff and running to, you know, the uh, wife's family's uh, Christmas gathering, my family's gathering, back and forth, had
1: okay. to go back to work. Okay, hold on. To kind of breathe. Let me let me help you out here a little bit, buddy, because you know I care. Um that thing you're talking into, it's called a microphone. Yes, sir. And the way it works is it broadcasts out. And people also, they can download the Atlanta SportsX app, ATL X. go to our website, and they can hear us. When I ask questions like that, and we're going to have these pop quiz every now and again. When I, ask, shot. Qu- when I ask questions like that, you just go, man, it was great. I had a great time with family. Because, see, now here's what ha- ha- what what happens. And your phone will probably light up here shortly. Um your wife's family's listening. They can listen anywhere in the world with the Sports X app. And I love Google. them dearly. You can get, get with the Google at, at the Google and Android store. And uh yeah. They're gonna be like, wait, so uh you went to work to get away from it? what are you what were we annoying you? Were we bothering you? Were we some sort of nuisance to you? Are you sick and tired of us? What are you, not enjoy spending time with us? You married our little princess here. We invited you into the family. We bought you some presents. And now you're a little ungrateful, little bearded man. And so you decide you want to go up and you want to go to work. No, we're done with you now. You're out of the family. That's why I'm trying to help you. Honey, I had a great time with my honey. Had a great time with her family. We had a great Christmas. Looking forward to next year. Looking forward to more time together with family. End quote. Uh, you know what, I'm echo that for my family as well. Yeah, but can no, can no, we no. rewind the tape? No, no. It's for your wife's family. Your family probably doesn't like you a whole lot. They know <laughs> who you are. Let's just face facts on that. My, my family, family loves me. My family doesn't like me a whole lot. They know who I am. I am who I am. I'll be who I be. But when you say you're spending time with the wife's family, it's great. I love it. I enjoy it. had a great time. You even if you really want to sugarcoat it, you tell a great story about you and, and spending time with her dad of, hey, we went fishing or we sat outside and watched the I sun go down. I don't fish. You make up something, Chris. You make up something. They, you can hear us all over the world, buddy. Hmm. We, are, we watch football. How about there that? There you go. See? Hey. Now you're catching we on. We sat one. there and watched everybody's favorite Christmas movie, Christmas Vacation, and we had a blast. See, because I got bad news for you. Right now, your wife is moving the chair in front of the door, and she'll be sitting there with her arms crossed, just tapping her foot. You didn't have fun with my family, huh?
2: I mean, she may not let me back in, to be honest with you. And there's a double lock on the apartment door. See? One one that I can unlock from outside, but the other one I can't. Yep. So if she doesn't
1: unlock that one for me, I can't get to the door anyway. You'll get a text message? Yeah. Why don't you go to work and sleep at work tonight and see how you enjoy that? Since you needed to get away. Trust me, I'm helping you out here. This is how you keep a happy marriage, Chris. I'm helping you out, buddy. We do have a gym up at works. So I guess I could still take a shower up there if I had to, but I'd rather not.
2: Honey, I want to come home. Please let me come home.
1: <laughs> well, anyway, so Wednesday night, the Wednesday night Love war- you, The the Wednesday night wars continued and AEW let's just face facts. As AEW prepares to come to Atlanta, we're gonna keep talking about this. Oh well, yeah. Cause well, we're looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to it. I don't know about you yes. I'm looking forward to AEW coming to town. Hopefully, Chris Jericho and I can share a little of the bubbly. We can have a long talk. I'm going to swipe his belt. Oh. <laughs> That's theft, man. <laughs> I wouldn't really do that. That's a crime. And once again, people can <laughs> hear what we're talking about. It's not like you and I are just sitting part in part of the... our plan here. No, Need what's to... our plan? No. The comments made are those of Chris Colwell and Chris Colwell alone. They do not affect those of the finishing move, the Atlanta Sports X or Dicky Broadcasting. You are on your own with that one, brother. But a- <laughs> AEW, a proved- walking disclaimer over here. Hey man, <laughs> look, gotta get that in the air. AEW proved that they might have the best heel in all of pro wrestling, and it's MJF. And I think we've all said this from the start. Where in the first time he came out with his Burberry scarf on, we all kind of looked at him and said, there's something about this guy. And now with the promo that he cut this weekend as he's challenging Cody Rhodes, and it wasn't just what he said on the mic. It was everything leading up to it. It's walking to the ring, throwing the fans hat through the air. It's walking to the ring. And it was almost the best way I can say it. It was almost Ric Flair-esque where you know you want to take a ride on Space Mountain, things like that. MJF proved that he might be the best heel in all of pro wrestling, and AEW has him, and I think they're going to have him for a long time to come. I don't think that's debatable. I, I know without a doubt that AEW has the best heel.
2: It's just a matter of whether you want to say it's MJF or whether you want to say it's Chris Jericho. It's one of the two. I don't think you can argue. MJF is just... I. I hate to always kind of go back to the, the podcast stuff, but you hear, I think it's just J.R. that talks about it, maybe Bruce Pritchard too, that there's guys nowadays that, you know, the, the modern day heel doesn't necessarily like to be really hated, right? Because there's no money to be made if fans don't want to buy your t-shirt. Correct. So why would you actually want to be a, an artful heel where it actually gets fans to truly hate you, whether they're a smart mark or just a casual fan? MJF... Wants to be a real heel. You can see it. He does everything he can to get under fans' skin, to get those boos. He's a natural jerk because he probably is in real life. Maybe he's wrong. Maybe we'll meet him when they come allegedly, to town. Allegedly.
1: You have to say allegedly.
2: Oh, yeah. Is it slander now? Or? Yeah, we don't want to get slender. Well, screwed. okay, allegedly. Let me restate that. I'm retracting my statement. Allegedly, yes. He He's probably a jerk in real life or a little bit of that inside of him. But that's what, when you're a natural heel and it comes
1: out, you're a great heel on TV. But you know what? Look what great heels, look what it did for different superstars. The Rock would never be The Rock if he hadn't become the great heel that he was. Stone Cold would never be Stone Cold if Stone Cold hadn't become the great heel that he was. And this is before he was the ringmaster or before he was a part of the Hollywood Blondes. Uh... Mankind Mankind became a great... was a great heel. Then he became a character, more of a character, and then that just changed things a whole lot more. But Hulk Hogan, I don't think red and... I think the red and yellow, whatever colors they were, I think they would have slowed down a little bit more if they hadn't had that heel turn with the NWO and gave him a resurgence. I think it's time for one with Roman Reigns, but I don't think we'll see it. But I think this having a heel like this... And having him do things, and one of the things I'm still a fan of in AEW, AEW is, has not just thrown the belt on people. Now, I do think that Chris Jericho might have had a little bit too long. Might be time for him to give it up. But I think I don't like, I like the fact that they're just not throwing the belt on anyone. And I think that there's a buildup for what MJF is doing. And I think it could be tons of fun to watch what this young man's going to do as he, get, as he continues on. Now, continuing on, we also had a special special guest on commentary. It's, he's a legend to me. Taz. Taz was filling in for Tony Schiavone. I'm a fan of Taz. I've loved Taz for since he's been in wrestling, and I think it's great that they'll continue on, and I hope he does get a shot to – I'm not knocking Tony Schiavone. I like Tony Schiavone. I love the work that he's done. I grew up listening to him, but I want Taz in there somehow as well.
2: Hey, I'm totally with you on that. I listened, uh, I mean, from the get-go when the the show started last night, and you hear, all around the bat, you hear Taz on commentary, and it's just, it feels natural. Taz calling action with JR it goes back to kind of the later 2000s when they were calling SmackDown together, and they just work well together. Taz is a natural commentary. It's like his over-exaggerated New York accent really goes with JR's over-exaggerated <laughs> Southern accent, and then somewhere in the middle there's Excalibur. With a I mean,
1: look, I'm not disrespecting Excalibur. I think he's good, but I'm still not a fan of him.
2: Yeah, I'm not. I think the problem with for Excalibur is he's lost in the shuffle because most people are tuning in. They want to hear J.R. and Tony Schiavone call it, and there's Excalibur just kind of there. I think Excalibur might have been better served to actually just be the voice of After Dark. I think he's been good really good for that. And if you wanted to go long term, if you know, I know, I think Taz's uh, he had a show with uh, CBS Sports Radio, and that's now gone. Um, his contract's up with them, so maybe Taz is looking to get into more regular commentary. Maybe a combination of Excalibur and Taz on After Dark every week could work. And then Taz, you know, Tony Schiavone's one of the things that's making it tough for him right now is he's also very much affiliated with Georgia. Football and Georgia basketball, and that's going to make it where he's going to miss some dynamites. And if you've already got Taz there, right to step in, boom, you're not missing the beat. If anything, you might be better off with Taz and Jr. on on Dynamite and Shivani and Excalibur on After Dark or some some combination of that. I think could work really well. You could also do, and I remember having this conversation with Brandon Benefield about this when we found out Tony Shivani was coming on board. Would it be a three man booth, or would they find a way to do what Nitro did back in the day, with the first hour being one commentary group and then another commentary duo in the second hour? That way, you didn't have the three men booth, where guys had to really step over each other. Taz was fantastic last night. I'm with you. I'd love to hear him on there every week.
1: Here's the only thing I uh, issue I have with the three men with the changing of the guard type booth. We're still getting we're still in the dating phases with AEW. We're, we're, we we haven't fallen in love yet. We like it and we're still dating right now. And I think too much change up could hinder the the growth of the relationship. And this is a very strange analogy that I'm giving, but it's the best way I can describe it is if it's too much change, then we're going to start to look at AEW in different ways and it's kind of we haven't gotten a chance to really fall in love with it. Now we got a chance to see John Moxley, former Dean Ambrose. At what point do we stop calling him formerly Dean Ambrose? I already stopped calling him. He's John Moxley. Okay. All right, so we got a chance to see John Moxley, and as he took on, uh, who did, Oh god, I'm drawing a blank on his name now. Uh, he took on Trent, for Trent former yes. Trent
2: Beretta of
1: WWE. Well, I was going to say fame, but he didn't really he have any fame famed. in WWE. Uh, former WWE quote unquote superstar, jobber. He then still has to contemplate and we still have to wait for an answer from the inner from his response to the inner circle and joining Chris Jericho. Could we see IE Daniel Bryant with with uh, the Wyatt family type maneuver Moxley joins them and then turns once he's in to kind of get closer and get that belt? Or will he just stay the loner, the lunatic loner that we've fallen in love with? But,
2: see, listen to what you just said. Will it be just like Daniel Bryan and the Wyatt family or Randy Orton in the Wyatt family? I think right there is John Wyatt. Cena in
1: the Wyatt family.
2: John Cena and the Wyatt. Well, that was a one-night thing where he was dressed up in the mask. But John Cena's part of Nexus. You know, yeah, something you like that. It's been done, and I think AEW's trying their best to not do what's been done. They're trying not to be a version of WWE. I don't see them going that route with it. I think that... They've drawn it out farther than I'd really like to. And I think one of my complaints, I am not against the idea of a slow build to a rivalry. Because they're you know, you had the quarterly pay per views now for them. So you're not going to have these big shows every month. You don't have to book as quickly. But when the slow build is you feel like nothing's happening at all anyway, it's not really a good slow build. And that's kind of been my complaint with AEW so far is that I feel like I watch and I get a little bit of storyline development on each show, but you don't get a ton of it. You get some good wrestling, great wrestling, but as we said on the podcast last few weeks, when everything's great, nothing's really good.
1: A true story. And I think that's just the portion of it is you dig it, You start going to the well one too many times, as they say, when you know, you miss a top turnbuckle move, you went to the well one too many times. Yeah. That's when you run into problems. Well, right now, it's time to go through the ropes extreme where we talk all things that's going on outside of the world of wrestling I just love this intro ECW was great
2: I kind of can I, I kind of want to get a
1: kendo stick and just hit myself in the head with it a few times I actually just want it's kind of like when you watch on TV someone's vision goes like cartoony I want my vision to go grainy for a little bit Because ECW was always the grainiest thing on TV. Yeah. I just want want you to, like, as I'm looking across the room at you, you to go grainy. Doesn't it make you want to
2: climb to, like, the top of a building and jump off onto a table? No. No? I don't know. Doesn't really make me want to do that, but it makes me want to just, makes me want to throw on a leather jacket with a grungy-looking flannel shirt. Do the Raven thing with the arms.
1: Now, I mean, if, if you want, I, I definitely would like to have a ponytail and a megaphone right about now. <laughs> I mean, that'd be great. If I can have a ponytail through the back of my ball cap and a megaphone and a suit that's a size too big, be great. Sure. But that's just me. Let's do it. So, as we go through the ropes, I, talk, I told you that there'd be another wedding that'll be coming up. And this is, as we were talking about earlier WWE superstar Charlotte, the break that she might Woo! get, as she just said, see. As her and Andrade are engaged to be married, they proposed over the holiday. Over the Christmas holiday, he proposed over the Christmas holiday, and Charlotte said, "See." Sí! So that might be the break that she might get is when her and Andrade tie the knot officially, and then they go go on their honeymoon. How long does this last? You think they've got it? Don't, got what don't it takes? Do that. I'm just asking. That's not nice. I'm
2: just hasn't Charlotte been married a few times now? That's
1: not nice.
2: Well, Andrade's got it. Seems to have his head on more straight than her last. Uh, Husband? who Who's our actually, last husband? Uh, the former or the current, uh, what is his name? Thomas Latimer, formerly Bram. In, in, yeah, uh,
1: why don't you go say that, say that a little bit louder. Maybe he'll hear you. Bram. Well, you name know, is Chris Caldwell. See you. He'll probably see me
2: down at the GPB building for the NWA tapings we will be looking for you. Yeah, I'm looking out for. I'm kind of scared of the wild cards now. I'm sorry. I apologize.
1: No, 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 no. Continue.
2: Keep going. No, with no, that. no. I got a little too caught up in this whole extreme championship wrestling stuff.
1: Mm-hmm. I thought I was bigger than I really was. I'm really not. No, no, no. Keep going. No, I'm, keep good. Good. I'm, going I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Also, as we were talking about earlier, in the worst wedding, whatever you want to call it, that's going on in WWE history, is taking place. Well while they're doing that they also seem to have offended some of their current superstars most notably sonia deville as that storyline played out where Liv morgan came out and it was there's this lesbian angle that appears to be playing out and as live morgan has i'm, I'm sorry sonia deville has come out and she stated that she actually is a lesbian outside of the ring she's a little bit offended by it and a little bit upset by it do we think wwe actually cares though I really don't think they care, but
2: I can see where she, or maybe her point of view on that would be. Let's be honest, that was that was hot trash on Monday. It's something that would have fit in very well in Jerry Springer, and so now it seems like you're mocking, you know, her lifestyle if you want to call it that. And I see where she might want to be uh, upset with that, but I don't know. I mean. Would it have been any better if Sonya Deville would have been the one that was coming out there? I doubt it, because it would have still been a trash storyline. Yeah,
1: I, it's horrible altogether, let's yeah. face it. Uh, it's come out, a rising star, and I think this guy's going to be a big star in WWE. Alistair Black, well, he's pushing. He's getting some support for a push, and it comes from Paul Heyman. Paul Heyman wants to give Alistair back some back, some backing. He wants to see him get a Say push. That five times fast. No, thank you. <laughs> There's no more audio fun backs, I ain't worried, but um, he wants to give him some push, and I think it'd be great. I think Alistair Black he needs a belt, and I think he'd be a great champion on the roster.
2: I, I'm sure. Why not? Let's see what it can do. I think he's put on some really good matches, but I still don't know what all is there when you see him week in, week out. I think he's he's kind of a he's a different character, but when he's forced, you see him in every week. I don't know that his character is cool anymore. Does he have the longevity to be as over? I don't even know that he's that hugely over right now, but can he be that big star? Paul Heyman may be a fan of him. If anybody can do something with him, it is Paul Heyman. But I'm kind of going to want to sit on the sidelines and see it before I make a judgment of can not Alistair Black be that next
1: big star. Also, there's been talks as AEW, they continue to build their roster. And one of the newest additions that there's been rumored that he's trying to get in, but WWE is blocking it, it's Ryback. Yes, I see the face that you're making as you look across the room at me. No, 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 no. It's not that Ryback wants to go to AEW. It's how is WWE blocking it? Evidently, there's still a clause in his contract. That is still active right now. His contract isn't completely null and void. Basically, you can be fired from your job and still have a clause in there that could still prevent you from going to certain places. Hold a minute. So they also say there was the whole, what,
2: 90-day like clause in the contract when somebody would be released from WWE, they had to wait 90 days before they could go anywhere else. Did they give him like a 90-year clause 90 or something? Or 9-year clause? I don't He's know. been gone for three years.
1: I don't know what the guy signed. I don't know what his decision Ooh. was. I know he can't be Ryback. I'm sure he can't be Ryback. Actually, he can. That's his name. He legally had his name changed to Ryback.
2: Okay, so not only does he shake the ropes like the Ultimate Warrior, but he decided to become the
1: Ultimate Warrior by Making his name legally Ryback? He legally had his name. He was born Ryan Allen Reeves. Right. He legally had his name changed to Ryback Allen Reeves. He had it taken. Uh, it was a few months back. It was very recently because he was still continuing wrestling outside of the WWE, but he wanted the royalties for any old, st- any old merchandise that WWE sold under the name Ryback. Huh
2: that's that's insane i bet though if he really wanted to get you know big dime over on the outside of WWE, if he would re-establish the skip sheffield character i'm sure WWE wouldn't even want to claim ownership of that because of that hot trash name that they gave him back in the nexus days. oh
1: goodness i think that's something that maybe we need to go over over the podcast I and mean, maybe we we can do it. <laughs> uh, where are they now because from the nexus who's left is it eat slater He's yeah, he's Slater's the last one standing. He's the last man standing. Yep. Uh, well, I,
2: is 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 David Otunga still technically affiliated with the company? Yes, he is. He's uh, on the pay per view pre show. Okay, that's that. He's the only other one. It's him and Otunga. Now, was, wasn't uh, was Titus O'Neil in the Nexus? Titus O'Neil was not in the next. Uh there was. Uh, Who's the
1: big black guy? I'm thinking of. There was Tarver, Michael Tarver. Hey, Tarver, Tarver there yeah, it is. He
2: was one of the first ones to get released. He didn't really last. I think there was a whole thing with him and John Cena. I don't. There's, there's rumors of a lot of things that happened backstage with people in John and Technically, year, so.
1: he wasn't officially in Nexus. Daniel Bryant was a part of Nexus, though. For Remember. A, for a split second. He got fired from the first time. When they
2: debuted, he was part of Nexus, but then he got fired the next day. Yeah, you just can't go choking people with their tie. I don't think Justin Roberts really mind. No, he didn't. Uh, he probably was going along with it, but it was just a little extreme for
1: the PG era. Go figure. We got ECW music playing, and it was a little bit too <laughs> extreme. I see what you did there. The extreme. All right. Well, coming up, we're gonna go to the go home show, and what we're gonna talk about as we are now in 2020, we're gonna make some of our predictions. We're gonna see how what we predict will happen this year in the world of pro wrestling and WWE, AEW, and then we'll make the prediction on whether or not Chris Cole will be, will be sleeping in his car tonight, as his wife might have been listening. It might be very, very. She, she's upset. listening. So Chris Colwell might be sleeping in his car tonight. You're listening to The Finishing Move live from Cobb County on the Atlanta Sports X, 1230
0: a.m. and 106.3 FM. Home team and Hamilton, weekdays from 9 a.m. to noon.
1: I don't want to use a good book for, for these kinds of purposes. Rejoice in the wife of your youth, a lovely dear, a graceful doe. Let it. Her breasts fill you at all times with delight, be intoxicated,
0: always in her love, Proverbs. Five, eighteen through <laughs> nineteen. Oh, Tim Brandon, Link. That all you <laughs> know of <laughs> God's people say, hey,
1: Amen, Amen. I know that's right. I'm gonna laugh at you in a very, very good way. <laughs> you, you knew immediately where that scripture was.
0: <laughs> <laughs> this is the Sports X. Mike Kappel here, serial entrepreneur with words from another happy payroll customer. I've used it for a year now, and I've worried zero time. I just enter in the time, it's calculated, and it's taken out of bank account, and it's just done. I love it. Visit us
1: at PatriotSoftware.com. Use promo code RADIO and get two months of payroll free. That's PatriotSoftware.com. Accounting and payroll. Keep your time in.
0: It's the mats back again. Yes, Matt Chernoff and my buddy Matt Breda of Breda Pest Management talking about protecting your house from termites. You have two
2: choices as a homeowner. One, bait stations. They're placed 20 feet apart. Or two, a continuous liquid barrier. Now, with the baits, they're going to run about five, $600 to install. Sounds great, right? But the cost to renew the protection each year, it's going to run you about $300 plus. Whereas with liquid, you're protecting every inch of the home. That cost typically runs around $800. But the cost to maintain the coverage every year, it's $185. We lock our renewal fees in. You won't find bait station companies locking in their renewals so that $300 per year quickly turns into $375 plus. So why is the cost to maintain so much higher for bait stations? Liability. A blind organism finding that bait station 20 feet apart before it finds your home? If you're into Vegas, the baits are for you. I want to give my clients the best protection possible, and yes, that's more work for us in the
0: beginning, but the liability factor is much less for me. Make sure you check them out today at BredaPest.com, spelled B-R-E-D-A. Breda. Pest.com. Live from Cobb County, this is The Finishing Move with the road dog Adam Gillespie, Brandon Joseph, and Big John Radcliffe on the X. Welcome
1: back to The Finishing Move live from Cobb County on the Atlanta Sports X, 1230 AM 106.3 FM. Finishing up with you, Big John Radcliffe, along with my tag team partner for the evening, Chris Colwell, as we are going to start making our predictions for 2020. But before we get to our predictions, let's fill you up, fill you in on some other things that's going on around the world of wrestling. Because, Chris, as you came by, we were talking about a blast from the past, a legend. I don't know if he's in WWE Hall of Fame, but he deserves to definitely be in a Hall of Fame. Jushin Thunder Liger. Absolutely, man. He was a fantastic uh,
2: light heavyweight and junior heavyweight wrestler. I mean, we're talking late 80s, early 90s, even into the 2000s. I mean, he was one of the premier guys, really kind of, the pioneer of what has become the high flying style—that's just pretty much everybody does today in wrestling. Back then, that was new, that was different. And then you had these slow, bigger guys, or you had—you know—you had the guys that were good wrestlers, but they weren't necessarily doing all the high flying stuff. And I mean, you go back to matches in the early '90s with uh, Brian Pillman and flying Brian uh, Pillman, and Jushin Liger, and even even Chris Benoit. Back Ultimo then, Ultimate Dragon. Ultimate Dragon. You look at matches he had with Di Malenko. The match he had with uh, Rey Mysterio at K yes. 96. That was off the page good. I mean, just an amazing wrestler. And he's had some good stuff, uh, some dream matches over the years in America with guys like Samoa Joe. That was, uh, I think, a bound for, well, the first Bound for the Glory The first Bound for Glory, yeah. Yeah, and then he also had the match with Tyler Breeze at the NXT TakeOver Brooklyn show. The very first one, this was like 2015. It was like a very, that's the only time it's, to my knowledge, that Jushin Liger ever wrestled in a WWE-sponsored or owned ring. So that was kind of a big deal there. But he had several matches in ROH. I mean, just an absolute legend. And he is getting ready to have his last match, actually last two matches of his career, coming up on Saturday and Sunday over in Tokyo. It's the annual Wrestle Kingdom show that New Japan puts on. Uh, Wrestle Kingdom 14 going on in Tokyo Dome you got. They're actually doing a two night special. This first the time they've ever done that. And the that. fifth, correct. The fourth and the fifth. He's in a tag team for uh, eight man tag team match on night one, where he's teaming with the great. I mean, these are some names that you'll definitely remember from the past. Tiger Mask, the Great Sasaki, uh, Tatsumi Fujinami, who's uh, actually recently enshrined in the WWE Hall of Fame, uh, against uh, several guys. Uh, Shinhiro Otani, just to name some of the opponents on the other side there. So that should be a great match. But then he's got a tag team match, a uh, standard tag team match on night two where he's actually kind of putting over the future of the business in this match. He's teaming up with uh – Naoki Sano, but he's facing Ryu Lee, who other uh, wrestling fans may know as Dragon Lee. He's actually the ROH television champion right now. And Harumu uh, Takahashi, who's actually one of the big stars. Yeah. <laughs> one of the big stars for New Japan. He actually suffered a neck injury in the last couple of years and is just now making his return. Um, oddly enough, he was, I think, facing Dragon Lee when he hurt his neck. And he's teaming up with him in what will officially be Jushin Liger's final match, that tag team match. So... I can imagine that he'll probably win night one, but night two probably drop the fall there, put over the next generation, because that's kind of what you do in wrestling.
1: Also on that, also at uh, Wrestle Kingdom on night one, you'll also have the IWGP United States champion Lance Archer. He's going to take on John Moxley in a Texas death match. How about that? I haven't seen a Texas death match in a very long time. It's been so long, time. I kind of forgot how a Texas death match works. I had to kind of Google it a little bit because it's been quite some time since I've seen one, and I got a chance to look up one there. Uh, So one of the cool things that you see about that is you still see that AEW they're still kind of working with some of their superstars in terms of what you're moving, in terms of just moving around and still going out there because you also have uh, Chris Jericho. He's challenging from well, he's facing
2: Hiroshi Tanahashi. And what's going to be just a standard singles match, but the stipulation that's been put on the line is that if Tanahashi beats Chris Jericho, the then he yeah. gets an AEW world title match.
1: I hope it happens.
2: That'd be fantastic.
1: I hope it happens. I hope, I think Jericho, look, I, I'm a Chris Jericho fan. I have no question about that. I know the minute he decides to hang him up, Vince McMahon or, or uh, Triple H will call him immediately and put him in the WWE Hall of Fame. Because if I think about it, actually, him and Rey Mysterio – And maybe Eddie Guerrero are the only three that also have held not only the heavyweight titles, but they've also held cruiserweight titles in different companies. So he's definitely going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer. All right, so you ready to make some predictions for this year? Because this is our first year, first show of 2020, and it's time to start making some predictions. So, what's the first question I'll ask? Biggest first male superstar who's going to get the biggest push in 2020? Go. You're gonna hate it. Go with it. Roman Reigns.
0: Oh boy.
2: Look, they've given him he's come back, right? Yeah. From from the cancer, the leukemia, the battle with that. They've kept him out of the title picture. He's slowly let's be honest. He's not getting really that he's not getting booed right now. He's getting cheered for the most part. They're gonna see that as the opportunity. All right, they've let him step away. The fans are being nicer to him now because why? Oh well, he had leukemia. We can't boo him now, right? And I'm sure this is kind of what's going through Uncreative's mind. Now's the time. Let's strike while he's hot. He's getting cheered. Let's push him to the moon. I think he he's probably the guy they've got eyed to be the one to take down the fiend.
1: That would be a huge mistake. I agree, but it wouldn't surprise that me that would one be big. a horrible mistake. Uh, One person that I think is going to get a huge push this year, the first one, I think it's already started, and I think part of the thing that's holding it off is I know he doesn't speak English very well, but I think it's something that the WWE, I think they're going to find a way to work around, and they've slowly been doing it, having him partnered with Selena Vega, and that's Andrade. I think, first of all, they changed his name to where it is just Andrade. It's not Andrade, Almas, or However you say it. See you, in Ole Miss. Yeah, it was way too many way too long. Um <laughs> uh, just having him be Andrade, him being the United States champion right now, I think that's a start in the right direction, getting him into a bigger title match. And I think it's something that we're gonna see that will be great for him. Someone else that I think is gonna get another push, and I don't know if it'll be his last one. I think Daniel Bryant. I think he's going to get in right now. I think it's going to grow a little bit more. I think it's going to continue to go a little bit more because I think they're happy. Look, he made a sacrifice. He cut his hair off. He grew out his hair. He cut down his beard. You know, you have a very thick beard over there. The third member of our tag team, Adam Gillespie, you guys know, he has a big beard. When you cut those things off, those are sacrifices that you make. He made that sacrifice for the betterment of the company and the betterment of his story. I think, it's something, I think it's somebody we're going to see get another push.
2: Hey, he's going for the throwback look of the American Dragon, the old school Daniel Bryan, Bryan Danielson look. But I'll tell you, no, it's definitely a big sacrifice because you spend several nights with a really cold chin when you lose that beard because it really keeps it warm just under the chin. But, yeah, no, he's, he's changed his look. Uh, he's gone back to the old look, but he's re embraced the yes movement. And look, like, he's as over as he's. I don't know if he's as over as he's ever been, but he, he's back, uh, got a lot of momentum right now, and uh, in a place where it's almost like it's the yes movement all over again. If you look at, you know, what, six years ago? Yes. When he was going yes. into. Yes. And who did he face at the Rumble that year? Bray Wyatt. Ah, in the opening match of the right. Royal Rumble, that's and right. then proceeded to not appear the rest of the night which led to the beginning of the revolt of fans losing their minds because it didn't look like Daniel Bryan was getting to WrestleMania. But I don't, I don't think he's going to be the
1: one to beat The Fiend, but I'll be interested to see how that match goes. Uh, now, I, I would ask if the WWE, what tag team are they going to give a big push to? But we know the WWE doesn't care about tag teams, so I'll ask the question this way. Will we see the WWE Tag Team Division get a push?
2: That's what I was going to say. Which tag division, which show's tag division gets the push? Or is the only push of tag teams we're going to get this year? The Dusty Roads Classic that's getting ready to get started on NXT.
1: Here's the thing, Why I think it still has to get a push and still might get a push. The Usos will return, hopefully. They will return, and hopefully they'll be out of jail. Um <laughs> I hope they don't do a gimmick that's revolved around that, because that'd be really bad. Oh, you know, they're going to get shots taken at them. I know the biggest thing that I've read that they're still waiting on is they're looking for something to change themselves up. Remember, they came out, they were the samoan Tonga scenario. They changed up and they went a little bit more urban-hip. Uh, now they've kind of – I think they're looking for something else to they add to They can through. really
2: play up the Uso penitentiary thing now because, well, I mean, they've want No, I think, gonna wanna,
1: <laughs> I think they're going to want to play that down a little bit more. <laughs> <laughs> I think they're going to want to play that one down Probably. significantly. No, no more penitentiary. Uh, let's talk about the Uso bakery. Let's <laughs> come out throwing bagels. The Uso <laughs> wrestle factory. Uh, I don't know. Another question. Will the New Day continue to be as hot as they have ever –
2: I mean, I don't know any reason why they would slow down. I tell you what, though, I would really like to see Kofi Kingston not be involved in the tag team division for a little while. That would be fantastic because, I mean, how's this? Again, I go back to a conversation I had the other day. When you look at it right now, can you tell, if you you were watching wrestling at the end of 2018 into 2019, and for whatever reason, you couldn't watch for the bulk of the year, and you decided to come back into watching wrestling right this minute, would you have any clue that Kofi Kingston was WWE world champion last no. year? No. That's a problem. You've wasted what you created, this you know miraculous title reign of his, whatever you want to call it, this magical run that he went on where he was as popular as he's ever been as a singles wrestler Got over had
1: super you know fantastic matches. It was for nothing. Yeah, no. It and I've said this before, and I think we, you and I, have talked about it. I think they got him built up. I think the New Day did a great day, great thing. First of all, going back to when they first started, they saved all of their careers. I have no question in my mind. I don't think Big E would be there. I don't think Xavier Woods would be there. Kofi Kingston would still be there, but he would be He'd part be a of jobber. It. He'd be down at NXT. He, if that. I not He might be in the Zach Ryder Kurt Hawkins book. You're right. He could be somewhere there. I think they saved all of their careers. I, I know Xavier Woods being out, which let's. I'm not going to be mean about this. Xavier Woods, he, I hope he heals and I hope he gets back to 100%. Um, but if he doesn't, I hope he doesn't retire from the business altogether because I think he'd be a great uh, manager. Commentator, anything that involves yeah. him speaking because he's I think fantastic. he's that good, um, but I think as you look at Kofi Kingston, it is one of those things of, what happened? What did, what did he do to get this bump back down, this knock back down? And I, and I love the way that he's handling it so graciously, where he's basically thanking the fans. Thank you for the support. Thank you for everything. Thank you for all you guys are doing. Uh, and I, it was an outstanding moment for him. I think it's a great thing. Uh, WWE women's res, female wrestler, who's going to get the biggest push in 2020?
2: Ooh, that's tough.
1: Now, I hear Lana's going to wrestle this year.
2: I think she's wrestling at the Rumble. I think that's what your wedding just, like, I think we're we're going for Lashley and Lana versus Reese and Liv Morgan. I think you're getting a mixed tag at, at the Royal Rumble. Oh,
1: good grief. I'm
2: going to skip that match. That will be my bathroom break. And I think it's going to be a long match, too. You may want to go get food. I mean I could probably just show up late to watching the the whole show. Maybe they'll open with that one and I can just start watching the show thirty
1: minutes then. You show up late to something, that's a shocker. That that's very uncalled for. You <laughs> hurt my feelings when you say things like that. <laughs> you know it's an accurate statement. But what female gets the biggest push this year in twenty twenty?
2: I wouldn't be surprised if it's a Bailey or a Sasha. But, I mean, Becky, you can't really say Becky, Becky gets the biggest push because she's already getting the big push. But, I mean, any of the four horse women would be a good guess as far as I'm concerned.
1: It's so far up in the air because you don't want to say that the women's revolution is over, but it just seems like it's a little convoluted right now. Actually, you know what? I'm going to throw one at you. Okay. Shayna Baszler.
2: I think she may drink the transition from NXT to the main roster, or sorry, sorry, I didn't mean to offend, offend NXT fans to either Raw or SmackDown because there probably we may very well see that whole four horsewomen versus four horsewomen rivalry, and that's going to require her to probably make that transition. She's done now. She's dropped the NXT Women's title. Rhea Ripley's now the NXT Women's Correct. champion. That may be the time for Shayna Baszler. She's been at NXT forever. Might be the time for her to get
1: her shot. I actually think it might be a swerve out there somewhere and I think it might be someone who I am not Don't go- say Lacey Evans. No. No, goodness no. I'm going to say someone less deserving. Mandy Rose. Oh, I think it's going I oh. think we're going to see a oh. slight transition away to where the where we've seen the stars like Becky, Sasha Bailey and I think we're going to see someone get a push. Look how long Carmella held the belt. So, very true. I mean, stranger things have happened. Well, that does it for our first episode of 2020 of The Finishing Move. Live from Gun County. On the Atlanta Sports X, 1230 AM, you can catch us every Thursday. We will be here. You can download the Sports X app. You can take us wherever you go in every Google and iTunes store, download it, carry it with you. That's where you'll also find old episodes, as well as our podcast, The Finishing Move, The Dark Matches. It's really just me and the rest of the guys as we get a chance to, well, Adam Gillespie normally curses on there, so parental discretion advised. But Chris Colwell and I, uh, we hold very intellectual conversation, that we do our absolute best. We're gentlemen. Exactly. We're wrestling gentlemen. Wrestling aficionados. But we thank you for listening to The Finishing Move. On behalf of my team, Adam the Road dog Gillespie, Chris Colwell, and I'm Big John Ratcliffe. We thank you for listening to The Finishing Move. We will catch you next week right here on the Atlanta Sports X, 1230 AM and 106.3 FM.